but again, just kind of having an, an understanding of your capabilities as an individual and knowing when to be able to bring somebody to be able to run alongside you. Welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the money podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Stephen Husky, owner of Husky Financial Consulting and Wealth Management. Our goal is to help leaders accumulate wealth and empower them to build a life they deserve. Each week, we interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that is building a thriving business with community impact. We ask tough questions, learn the habits they practice to build successful careers, and discover a secret they can pass on to help others build their businesses. It's time to talk money, meaning, and maximum impact. Hello, and welcome to Portfolio Pulse, the go to podcast for medical professionals and entrepreneurs hoping to learn more about achieving financial wellness, accumulating wealth, and building the life they deserve. In every episode, we either interview a purpose-driven leader or medical professional that's not only building a business, but giving back to the community as well, or we present a subject in finance that's relevant today. We're not just here to talk about money. We're also here to talk about meaning and maximum impact. So speaking about maximum impact, we have Jameson Pugh from Pivot Capital LLC, an integrated M&A advisory firm. He's an investment banker, certified exit planning advisor, as well as certified mergers and acquisitions advisor and serves as the sub-chair for the Alliance of Mergers and Acquisitions Advisors Atlanta chapter. And he also helps businesses figure out a way to integrate um, pr private equity as well as any other firms to help buy them out. So Jameson, glad, glad to have you here today, man. Steven, thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, man. So what can you tell us about yourself and your background of what I didn't already list? <laughs> well, I was about to say, yeah, you know, first and foremost, I'm not that, you know, interesting of a person. So, so, uh, you know, shouldn't take, it shouldn't take too long, but, uh, <laughs> you know, as you, as you mentioned, I am a investment banker, uh, first and foremost, uh, entrepreneur. So, uh, you know, do hold my designations as a certified exit planner, uh, as well as, uh, a SEMA certified mergers and acquisitions, uh, advisor as well. So, Really, uh, more than anything, love working with entrepreneurs, working with management teams, business owners on, uh, you know, anything and, and all things operational, uh, really diving within the organization and building up, leading into some sort, sort of a potential transaction. Uh, you know, that may be some form of a capital raise that may be looking at targeting an exit uh, in the you know, near or not so near. Uh, future, or it may be growing through acquisition, right? Being more on the buy side uh, team. But like I said, I, I like to look at myself first and foremost as an entrepreneur and love connecting with other entrepreneurs. And you work almost exclusively with entrepreneurs with the, the capital raises that you do, the mergers and acquisitions, uh, the strategic advisory that you help these business owners with. And I know that, that Pivot Capital is based out of Chicago and you have offices in Atlanta and Tampa. Well, where are you located? Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Atlanta uh, office myself and my partner, uh, Alan Amoon, both here in Atlanta. Uh, our other partner, Rakesh Parikh, he is out of our Chicago office. Fantastic. And why did you position your business out of those three territories? To be honest with you, uh, all, my uh, other two partners and I met through uh, the exit planning channels, uh, right? So it was, it was just kind of one of those luck of the draw uh, type things. Uh, Rakesh was up in Chicago, myself and Alan. Uh, here in the southeast, and we just kind of ended up planting our flags uh, in those two locations. But more than anything, uh, we connected uh, as uh, certified exit planning advisors, the SEPA program through uh, the Exit Planning Institute, and just really kind of hit it off. Great similarities uh, in, in a lot of respects, uh, but also 
uh, you know, differences from kind of our uh, professional, whether it's designations or kind of what our professional focus is, uh, and really saw an opportunity to be able to develop pivot. Uh, and, you know, that's really what we wanted to be able to bring to the investment banking market is more of a holistic uh, model whenever we do engage entrepreneurs to really kind of be an overall resource uh, for them at all times. Full disclosure to any of our listeners here, I'm also a certified exit planner, but I hold a different designation. It's called CEXP. It's just a different um, a different institution that provides that designation. But I help more on the planning side of the of the MA, where getting a business ready to sell. And Jameson's done a really good job of integrating his skills to help with the actual mergers and acquisitions, the actual sell part of the process. Um, so even though we both have similar designations, we do totally different things. And that's why we feel like we can work well together. Well, so let us know a little bit more about Pivot and what makes you guys unique. Yeah, so Pivot Capital, we're a boutique investment banking firm. Uh, you know, mentioned earlier, focused on mergers and acquisitions, both buy side, sell side, uh, process management and representation, uh, as well as capital raise efforts. So both debt and equity uh, raises to be able to help run okay. alongside developing uh, an organization's capital stack or to be able to give them that growth uh, runway as, as they continue to operate. Uh, but I would say that where we are probably the most unique in the investment banking industry is the work that we do on the strategic advisory side. So really connecting with uh, other uh, advisors, much like yourself on, uh, you know, really just developing plans and, and uh, plans of action moving forward, uh, you know, kind of leading into some form of a transactional event. Like, like I mentioned, uh, you know, earlier, it could be some form of a uh, capital raise or some sort of a potential uh, exit from your company, but really just kind of uh, diving into our associations and networks out there and connecting with a lot of advisors, much like yourself, gives us a, more of a national presence, nat national reach to be able to uh, to collaborate with other advisors and to be able to run uh, you know larger and broader engagements if that makes sense. That does make sense. Well let's let's give our listeners an example of, of how you would help if you came into a situation. Let's go go with um, a scenario where there's a business owner who's owned this business for 30 years. They mm -hmm. found a, an associate partner in their business that they'd like to do an inside transfer to and sell maybe over a five-year period. How would you help that buyer and seller make that transaction happen? Yeah, so the way that we look <laughs> at things in any sort of engagement, especially on the strategic advisory side, is based around two, uh, I guess, two major benchmarks. But it, what it does is it helps us to be able to establish a, a operational framework. The number one is through value acceleration. You know, right? How are we growing, expanding this organization? Are the right pieces of the puzzle uh, there to be able to support the growth within the organization. Uh, you know, do we need to bring in some outside resources? You know, are there some other advisors that could really come in and lend to this process to be able to just drive overall organizational growth? Uh, the second is uh, based around risk mitigation, right? So if you're looking at transferring uh, you know, ownership to a, you know, maybe internal to a, fa uh, you know, a family member, or it may be, uh, you know, to a management uh, team that's been, been in, you know, with you for the past 10 years. Are they the right people uh, to be able to take on the, the reins and to be able to continue the vision that you've laid out there, uh, you know, not only for the organization, but the, you know, for your family and, and kind of your, your legacy, right? Is, is that the, the right people to be in place. And, you know, only time will tell. And a lot of 
a lot of aspects, but there are resources and advisors there, uh, exit planners that really can help to be able to sit down with you and bring clarity uh, to the vision that, that you've laid out and to really kind of lay out that, that uh, roadmap, you know. So that's one thing that I will say that exit planners in, in general do a very good job of is establishing that clarity in a very hectic thought process and in a very hectic world whenever you start entertaining a potential exit. So with these business owners don't really have a clue around the valuation of their of their business prior to sell, do you help them with the valuation process? And do you give any uh, maybe a lack of marketability discounts or anything like that if they're trying to do a, a, an inside transfer and they want to reduce the price of sale to reduce taxes? Yeah, absolutely. So so little uh, you know, sidebar, uh, our business partner, Rakesh Parikh, CPA background, valuation professional. So he brings in a ton of tremendous insights uh, whenever it comes to the development of your valuation. And if nothing else, giving you an, an operational uh, framework and some clarity uh, into where your business should stack up uh, along the way. Uh, and, and there's other things that kind of lend to your overall valuation, you know, which obviously, Stephen, you're, you're very aware of is, you know, we could give you a range but there's a lot of you know intangibles that go into your particular business, into your particular organization, your team, your marketing strategy, you know, kind of how you present uh, within your particular industry as how you will uh, your, or your valuation will compare to somebody else within your other valuation or, or within your your same in industry there. So a lot of uh, especially in small businesses. You'll get a lot of those country club valuations. Well, my friend Johnny sold for X amount. Well, therefore, I should sell for X amount, right? And that's just not necessarily the case. Right. It's either, you know, there's a multiples or there's a there's a particular amount of gross revenue each year. So really getting that valuation done, whether it's through an informal or a formal valuation to get a good idea of where your business stands prior to sell could be extremely helpful through the process. That way, you know what you have to work on to get the valuation number that you'd be comfortable with. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah. If, if you have no you know, clear understanding of what the hard work that you that you have done throughout the past years, what that is ultimately going to result in, you have no idea how to be able to lay out the future, which is you know, where a, an exit planner or a wealth manager will really be able to come in and help you along the way to be able to discover that vision moving forward. So for business owners that maybe aren't sure what it feels like to know if they're ready to sell, what are some main points they can look out for that they might be ready to consider selling to someone else? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there there's inflection points uh, along the way. I always tell business owners a couple of things. You'll kind of know or at least uh, internally start, start targeting future dates. You know, it may be five years, it may be 10 years. You don't know exactly when, you don't know exactly how, uh, but you're starting to kind of see the, you know, see the evolution of your career eventually coming to the to an end in the in the near future. And and you know, there's several ways to be able to, or many ways to be able to structure an eventual exit. You could take some uh, chips off the table right now. You could look at a full exit, but that's just more of a a conversation uh, and and kind of seeing where you are you know, along your own internal path. You know, uh, uh, to be honest with you, uh, another thing that I would say really is kind of looking into your management team and having a clear dialogue back and forth out there with potential buyers. And that's really where we kind of 
uh, as an intermediary and constantly having our finger on the pulse of the markets really kind of come in and, and drive tremendous value into the process is we're constantly having those conversations with buyers and we're constantly having those conversations of how they are viewing your particular industry, how they are viewing you know, a business much like yourself. And that's where we really kind of come in and drive value on the strategic advisory side is we're able to take those insights and say, hey, listen, this is how we need to be able to position you uh, along the way. And this is the feedback we're getting. Uh, and, you know, you know, as well as I do, you can't really time the market. What you can do is try to have your finger on the pulse of the information as much as possible. Right. And, and yeah, that's kind of exactly. where we act, that's where we act as that catalyst. Uh, you know, both as investment bankers and, and exit planners is, you know, we're tracking the information and, and you know, keeping our, you know, our eyes open and our ears open and bringing those insights back to you as an entrepreneur as you're continue, you know, continuing to be able to run your organization. That's a really good point. I mean, for somebody who's maybe lost the love of their initial excitement for the business that they started, you know, 20 years ago or however long it is, it could even be five years from today. You know, if you become less risk tolerant because there's a lot of risk in owning your own business, or if you're just ready for something new, you don't necessarily have to retire. You can start a whole new business venture. And That's so, true. you know, Jameson and I can start a team to help, you know, get you ready for sale and help that process of the M&A or sell to somebody else and make sure that you have very skilled people on your team who have their pulse on the market that know what the best transition looks like for you and the best way to uh, get the most you know money for your business as well as the reduction of taxes through the sale of that business as well so you can save hundreds of thousands of dollars you know depending on the value of your business just by using somebody who knows what they're doing that's exactly right and you know one thing that i always tell everybody is the management of money right you, you you're looking for returns and entrepreneurs in general, feel very confident in their ability to be able to run their organization or their ability to be able to execute. And as long as they are experiencing above market returns, they should continue to be able to reinvest and grow within that, that, uh, that industry. But also part of that is tracking the industry that they're in. Is the industry that I'm in the most attractive industry to be in? Is it a declining industry? Is, you know, is, our technological advances are uh, going to put me to the wayside, uh, you know, it, within the next five, 10 years, but really just kind of having that, I, I keep on using the phrase finger on the pulse, but it, it, it's, it's not just diving into your business, waking up at five o'clock in the morning, being in the office by seven, leaving by midnight, you know, it's, it's not that right. It, you know, if you wanted to, to do that and have have your organization kind of, I wouldn't say necessarily be a hobby, but all you're focused on is the daily grind, yeah. then, you know, I'm sorry, that, that that's, a, in my in my view, that's a terrible way to live, uh, honestly. But as long as you are tracking, you know, you are tracking the overall progression in the asset that you are developing, because, you know, at the end of the day, this is an asset. Your business that you are growing is the largest asset that you are building. So just yep. like any other asset, you would track if it was your if it was your uh, publicly traded portfolio, you would track how it's doing in the market. You should do the same thing with your privately held business. Very well said. I mean, but most people just see it as a source of income, but it is your greatest asset. It's providing the lifestyle that you and your family experience, as well as all the employees that you hire on your team. You're you're creating a way for them to accomplish their dreams and goals as well. So. You know, I mentioned this before in other podcast episodes, but there's a big ripple effect that your business has 
not only on your family, but your employees and those in your community because of those people that you serve. So in your experience, Jamison, what key actions do successful business owners take and or have in common? In my, in my experience, I would say early planning would probably be one of the best characteristics that successful entrepreneurs have. Early planning, as well as knowing your limitations, right? So you are probably in the role and the seat that you are in because you're very good at a lot of the things that you do in a daily basis. I tell everybody all day long, I'm only as good as the team that I that I surround myself with, right? I, you know, here at Pivot, we've developed a tremendous team uh, through the exit planning community. It's a tremendous uh, team. You know, I use the, the word team there, but that's exactly what it is. We talk the same language. We're on the same path. We understand how we're progressively working together. Uh, but again, just kind of having an, an understanding of your capabilities as an individual and knowing when to be able to bring somebody to be able to run alongside you. Uh, and part of that integrates into the planning process. A large part, part of that is having an understanding of not only where you are right now, where you want to go to and actively working on that. Well said. I mean, do you, do you guys work with any venture capitalist groups or angel investors and helping these business owners who've invested tens of thousands of dollars that might have a buy and hold strategy of five to 10 years. Do you help these business owners sell their business as well so that all the investors can get a, you know, recoupment of their investment plus interest, things like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we maintain a very large Rolodex with all capital out there. I mean, you know, if you're looking at the capital stack, I mean, we're constantly in connection with everything from commercial lenders to factoring uh, agents out there, to VCs, to family offices, to private equity. Uh, so, you know, what we, we are doing is we are constantly working with our entrepreneurs on understanding capital and understanding smart money. Not all money is the same, right? And we're having a realistic viewpoint of where you need to be targeting capital and what are realistic resources for you to be able to pull from, you know, and, and having an understanding of why you may qualify for this type of capital where, why you, where you may not qualify for a, a separate piece of capital, right? And it's, it's really just kind of bringing more of that rifle approach to your capital stack development than just trying to go out there and shake your tin cup. So why would someone want to use lended capital versus their own cash flow in the business to grow? Well, you know, I mean, uh, bringing in, uh, you know, outside resources, debt in general is, is kind of a, it's an equity enhancer, right? It gives, it gives you uh, not only that operational uh, working capital to be able to, I tell, I tell people having some extra dry powder behind you allows you kind of a little bit of that extra risk return uh, factor. You can make some decisions, some operational uh, decisions that you just can't make if you're strapped for cash, right? And, 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 and it's, it stifles Stifles growth. Now that's, I, I use that, uh, you know, this is a caveat. It needs to be structured risk, right? I mean, we don't want to just go out there and, and take every, you know, you know, every opportunity that we see, but it's better than being handcuffed because of the lack of cash flow. And the business needs that cash flow to continue to grow and pay for accounts receivable and things coming in. So having someone else's asset in the form of debt can also help you grow in other areas. So it's strategic. It's, it's strategic, but it also lends to reduction in volatility, right? True. So if you if you have that cash flow behind you, look at, I mean, all of a sudden, 
you get uh, out of nowhere, COVID-19 happens, right? It introduced a completely different wave of risks, right? A completely you know, different risk profile that's developed in many different industries that people just didn't have you know, any way to be able to initially plan for. Uh, right. So there, there are circumstances that just come out of nowhere. There are, uh, you know, volatility there, or there's volatility that happens between and within different industries between seasons. Right. I mean, look at the retail uh, industry. But what it does is it kind of allows you to continue to operate whenever you're going to get the the kind of windfall effect that comes in with your your cash flow streams, but allows you to be able to maintain maintain your standard of living, maintain your your uh, staff, and to be able to strategically prepare, prepare along the way. So, what is it that you like our listeners to know about you, your business, and any upcoming? events that you may be putting on, maybe some webinars, some educational stuff that you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at, at the end of the day, what we always tell everybody is to look at Pivot Capital as, as a resource uh, for you, right? There's there's never a conversation that that we don't want to have. Uh, you know, there's never a time that we don't want to, you know, learn from other entrepreneurs. We want to understand what's going on in your industry, understand what's going on in your business. Uh, and, you know, like I said, just kind of look at us as, a overall go-to resource if it's something that we aren't able to uh, you know, immediately connect with you on or to be able to help you right now there within our Rolodex or within our advisory network, there's probably a very good chance that we know somebody that we could bring to uh, to the table to be able to help you out. Where can they find you if they're interested in working with you? Yes. Yeah, so uh, look us up on our, our website. It's uh, www.pivotcapitalllc.com. Uh, my email address is Jameson, J-A-M-E-S-O-N at pivot, P-I-V-O-T, capital LLC.com. And you know, feel feel free free to reach out. Were there any questions today that I didn't ask that I should have? No, no. I mean, I, I, I think that you have touched on uh on everything. Uh one thing that sure. you know that you had mentioned previously uh in just previous conversations is the understanding of money. Uh, you know, not only within an, an organization, personal finance, and, and you know, ba basically just all encompassing. One thing that I did want to touch on today is the importance of budgetary management, right? Not only on a, a personal level, but within an organization. I was right before this podcast, I was having a conversation, uh, you know, with, with a, uh, an engagement that we're working on a strategic advisory about just the, the understanding of your numbers, about understanding where your revenue is and how it's being allocated. I, I will tell you this, your number one job as a business owner and as an entrepreneur is being a great steward of your ship, of your, uh, of your business. And part of that is understanding how you are allocating your money within your organization. What resources are you providing to your employees? Uh, you know, what branding and marketing are you bringing to bringing to the markets out there? But really, you know, if you don't understand your numbers, if you don't understand your met metrics, how should an outside party be able to come in and understand as well? Because at the end of the day, they're buying a company that they can clearly understand because that's de-risking the transaction to them, right? So you can't you can't sit there and have a management meeting call and say, oh, I understand that the numbers or I understand the organization, you should as well. So it's being proactive in, in developing those numbers, it's being proactive on developing a data room 
to be able to present to a potential uh, acquirer. It's uh, you know, developing that plan and laying out your headwinds uh, within your organization and addressing those risks and getting uh, in front of them sooner rather than later. So these capital investors understand not only what where the value is, but how their capital coming to the table is going to enhance growth along the way. Very well said again, Jameson. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Steven, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today on Portfolio Pulse. If you found this helpful and think others deserve to hear about us as well, please like, subscribe, and share us across any platform on social media or your podcast platform of choice. That's it for today. Remember to be happy, stay healthy, and tune in next time to remain financially fit. Guardian and its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. The information provided is based on our general understanding of the subject matter discussed and is for informational purposes only. Securities offered through Finalis Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through IAMS Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. IAMS Wealth Management LLC only conducts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of IAMS Wealth Management LLC by the SEC or any state securities authority and does not mean that it has or that its investment advisor representatives have achieved a specific level of skill training or ability. IAMS Wealth Management, Legacy Wealth Management, and Pivot Capital are independent of each other. Neither IAMS Wealth Management, Legacy Wealth Management, nor Pivot Capital are engaged in the practice of law or accounting. Jameson Pugh is an investment advisor, representative of IAMS Wealth Management LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Investment advisor representatives only conduct business in states where they are properly registered or excluded from registration requirements. Insurance products and services are not offered through IAMS Wealth Management, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PASS, Guardian, CP Planning Group, Inc. and opinions of stated are their own. Michael Hussey is a registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PASS, OSJ 6115, Park South Drive, Suite 200, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28210, 704-552-8507. Securities products and advisory services offered through PASS, member of FINRA, SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PASS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. CP Planning Group is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian. 2022-137-960 expires 524.